Alright everybody and welcome to another episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the show here on the DTP. My name is Colton G and today on the Desert Tiger Podcast, Will Bose is going to be telling us a little bit about living life inside those runway lights. Of course, before I go ahead and tell you exactly what that means, you guys know there's a few things I want to go ahead and do first. And the first thing of those, of course, is thank those of you who checked out last week's episode featuring singer-songwriter Mike Ruby, as we spoke about his latest single, Close, and his upcoming EP. A lot of real strong emotions inside of that episode, and I want to thank those of you who sent me feedback for that, and for those of you who shared the episode on your social media platforms. I also want to go ahead and take a moment to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by ILoveDTP.com, because over at ILoveDTP.com, that is where you, that is right, you, are going to find yourself the freshest in Desert Tiger swag so that you can rep the show every single place that you go in front of your friends, in front of your family, and heck, even in front of your haters. Alright, so today on the DTP, Will Bose talks about living his life in those runway lights. Since a young age, Will Bose has been a compassionate and creative individual. Writing his first critically acclaimed single at the age of 11, and getting into the film industry at the age of 14, it seems that Will has always been involved in some form of creative pursuit. Recently, though, Will's passion towards music has been reignited, with his jazz-funk fusion group Gold Complex, as well with his track Mad at the World, which garnered the songwriter a lot of attention and respect for the song's message of humanity. But the song wasn't exactly intended for Bose himself. But once he felt the magic of expressing his own words and feelings inside the studio again, it's safe to say that he felt that he was on the right path. Now, Will is diving into his renewed love of creating music full force focusing on making sure his voice shines bright in the Runway Lights. Runway Lights is his latest single, and it just so happens to be on pace to pass 15,000 streams on Spotify alone in its first week and continues to gain much traction. An impressive reintroduction to the music industry by many standards. Even with this success, though, Will stays dedicated to film as well, continuing to expand his work as a screen actor, a writer, a director, and a voice actor. Bows is constantly embracing his dedication for creativity. It is my pleasure to say that Will Bows joins me today on the DTP to discuss his latest single, Runway Lights. Reconnecting with the music in his heart, his upcoming projects as both an actor and a director, voicing an animated dog on Bakugan, and chasing his artistic dreams to their fullest. 
And of course, you guys know this wouldn't be a complete episode of the DTP unless we went ahead and gave that latest single from Will Bells a spin before we kick things off, before we get into this interview. Heck, before we let Will explain to you what exactly this song means to him himself. So, without further ado, DTP fam, this is Runway Lights. You push it, you pull it, I can't breathe. Whether or not it's selfless or selfish, I can't see. Honest to God, this hurdle won't hurdle, I can't leave. I painted a world where nothing was something except me. They say nothing as it seems Now I see nothing wander in the streets And search for something bit bigger than me But still you tower down And I You know I never meant to start a fire When I said goodnight I didn't feel it but I knew it was right And I know Life's long, I'm jaded, I won't stop Cause it's mine to make, I got one shot Life close and fades like runway lights We fall then we bounce back, our knees weak Love is a climb that's steeper and steeper at the peak I had to admit our time left's a game that I can't beat I'm counting the hours till guilt turns to gain and I get free Nothing as it seems nothing Now as it I seems. see nothing European streets You search for something bit bigger than me But you always tower down, down, down Whoa. And I, you know I never meant to start a fire When I said goodnight I didn't feel it but I knew it was right And I know life's long, I'm jaded, I won't stop Cause it's mine to make, I got one shot Fades like runway lights Runway lights And time commits but it keeps us from changing The things you and I wanted to be And I come face to face on the daily With things we never chose to see Life's long, I'm jaded, I won't stop Cause it's mine to make, I got one shot Life glows and fades like runway lights Say nothing as it seems Now I see nothing European streets And I You know I never meant to start a fire When I said night I didn't feel it but I knew it was right And I know Life's long, I'm jaded, I won't stop Cause it's mine to make, I got one shot Life glows and fades like runway light Welcome to the show, actor, director, and musician, Will 
Bose. How is it going today? Welcome to the Desert Tiger Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's going really well. Great to great to be in touch with you. I am overly ecstatic to be in touch with you too. Of course, to be speaking about awesome. the upcoming single "Runway Lights." Sweet. All right, so let's start off with the music career for you. From what I can see, you actually have been writing and singing for quite a long time into your life, since a very young age, actually released your first single at the age of 11. But I can't really find much about you, like, musically in between there. So was there a break with the music while you were doing acting, or... Where did the music sort of lead from there? <clears throat> Music's always been like a, a huge part of my life. I feel like I uh, I had I was doing some solo stuff when I was really young. And I don't know if, you know, when you go to Walmart and you see like those dollar bins and there's the CDs of like kids sing American National Anthems or kids sing pop hits. Um, I used to be one of the singers for those those albums. So that was kind of like my introduction into the music industry. And then uh, yeah, I wrote this song about 9-11 after it happened when I was 11. And so I think, you know, like the narrative of this young kid writing a song was kind of popular at the time and got some attention on, on CBC radio for that. But then I think, uh, you know, I, I went to film school at, at Ryerson in Toronto and I really kind of, yeah, I kind of got a little bit sidetracked. And then I, I sort of started working with uh, various different bands and I was in a duo and a couple of different bands. Um, and although those were, were really great experiences, but uh, getting connected to the producer uh, of this upcoming record, Rob Wells, we kind of were both, we worked on this track, Runway Lights, together, and then he was like, I think we should do a full record. And I was like, well, I have, you know, a full record of material written, so let's go for it. When did you end up meeting the producer? I worked for four years on the television series Degrassi, behind the scenes. I was shooting and editing all of their um, digital content, like the the online content, and then they offered uh, me to direct the opening sequence for the Netflix iteration of the series. So, you know, like the main title sequence of the show. And I directed the visuals for, for that, but the, the audio was a music track that Rob produced and his songwriting partner, uh, Shoba, sang on. And I remember just, I remember sort of doing a little bit of research on him and, and like, oh, this, this guy's got a really, really great vibe. He's worked with some incredible artists. And um, I, I just thought he would be a really great person to approach about potentially collaborating. I had to email him about five times. He was a little bit cryptic uh, to start. And then we, we ended up doing this track together and then, and then uh, the full-length record after that. Oh, so you guys actually ended up connecting while you were doing secondary directing roles for Degrassi Next Class. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. So that's kind of crazy yeah. how one artistic venue ended up fueling the other one without even realizing it at that time. Exactly. And an even weirder thing is that I'm I'm right now directing a series for uh, the CBC called Hey Lady. And Rob actually produced the, the, the sound that comes up when the logo for CBC Gem, which is their digital platform, when that logo comes up, the sound that it makes is kind of like this sound that Rob produced. So again, I'm directing visuals to, to something that Rob Rob worked on. Oh, just continually tied together through art. It's so bizarre. That's incredible. Yeah. Just the connections yeah. that you can end up creating. I know. Exactly. It's strange. <laughs> so at what point did you decide that you wanted to start 
doing singer songwriter styled things again and getting more into that world and even into the pop style world because I found that you have this group Gold Complex right now, but last year you actually released a single called Mad at the World. So at what point did you start releasing music again and writing as a singer-songwriter again? Yeah, well, my experience with Gold Complex was absolutely incredible, and it still is. You know, we're, we're, st- we're still playing around Toronto, and uh, it's a 10-piece band with a full horn section. It's like the soul funk R&B sound. And it was really my introduction to kind of the live musical landscape, especially in Toronto, you know, playing different venues, traveling around in bands with a bunch of people who I love, and, and uh, you know, playing different parts of Ontario. Um, and, and I, I love that experience and that experience was, you know, really foundational in terms of like actually, you know, getting kind of a foothold musically, but I've always written music that is more in the pop realm, more in the adult contemporary realm. And Mad of the World is, is another example of, of that. I basically wrote that song after Toronto, unfortunately had this terrible, um, mass shooting that happened on, uh, in an area called, uh, called the Danforth. And last year, it was actually almost almost a year ago. I don't know. I was just I was feeling like super depressed about it, and just kind of the, the general sort of social and political climate. And so I wrote that song, and then I took it to my great friend and musical collaborator Andrew Dawson, and we we ended up recording it. And I don't even know if we had an intention for what it was, or who the artist was, or what it was going to be, or if we were going to pitch it for somebody else. And then you know, I did the vocal track. He produced the song, and. I remember we were just sitting listening back to it with his girlfriend and she was just like, you guys need to just release this. Like, just put this out. Like, this is your song. You wrote it. You made it. And so we kind of just threw it out there as a shot in the dark, but it, it was so well received. You know, it ended up getting playlisted on Spotify for a month. And then it won uh, first place in the international songwriting competition in the social causes category. So, um, it, I mean, it's just sort of an example of, you know, sometimes you just, you do something without, you know, a complete sort of rubric or intention behind it. And, and it ends up working out because it just came from a really honest place. Mm-hmm. Just something that you wrote to help express an emotion that you were going through at the time and ended up sparking yeah, yourself exactly. back into the music world. Yeah, exactly. Was it after Mad at the World that you decided that you wanted to get back into the music writing mode and actually start producing and releasing tracks as Will Bowes? Yeah, it was actually after Mad at the World that I was actually able to court Rob Wells. So Rob, um, obviously, he's a very busy guy. He's a legendary producer. I'm sure he gets a lot of emails from a lot of, you know, unknown artists that want to work with him, and myself included. And I think it was after I got a little bit of attention around that song and after, you know, Spotify picked it up and it started getting some streams, that was when I feel like Rob kind of took my email seriously and started responding to me. And so I sent him this little demo of the song called Runway Lights, and we ended up doing that song together as just kind of a one-off track. But the experience was so wonderful, and he was so incredibly collaborative. And I also I also kind of, I guess I was kind of naive to how much producers are actually like musical geniuses. I guess I always, do you know what I mean? Like I always had like the the notion that they just, you know, made beats and were very good, like, technically with, like, mixing things on Logic or whatever audio program they were using. But he's an incredible producer, but he's also an incredible songwriter, an incredible arranger, and a multi-instrumentalist. And the experience was so incredible, and it was after that that he was kind of like, I would love to do a full album with you. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's going to happen right now. Oh, it's amazing yeah. what that extra set yeah. of ears, especially want a pair that is so refined such as Rob's to 
what they can bring to a song because i know there's been moments where i'll see a producer and you'll bring them a song and they'll just be like oh man an organ would be perfect here and be like man we're a, we're a punk band I've, yeah we never even thought about that and he just he'll yeah. just throw it in and it'll work though and it's like but that's something that you would never even consider to throw into your own music yeah it's so true and i i feel like you just you, you can't really put a word on like what that feeling is when it just kind of clicks well maybe the word is just it clicks you know it's just kind of like you just there's there's suddenly just this kind of fusion of the creative energy that just works perfectly and i remember when he played the song back for me for the first time it was just like oh well yeah this is the way it needs to be produced this is the way it needs to sound this is the way the vocals need to be mixed all that without a doubt so let's get into that single a little bit more what is runway lights mean to will bows what was the creation process like that since this was probably your first like mad at the world yes it was a big single and it did everything but that just sort of came out of the heat of the moment like you said you were considering trying to shop it around this is actually meant for yourself this is coming for your heart to be expressed by your own voice so what does this single mean to you I love the description. That's exactly it. I was going through a breakup. Obviously, love and relationships are the best <laughs> source of songwriting material for all time. Uh, I was going through a breakup, and I also simultaneously ended up quitting my job. So it was a very kind of introspective period of my life. I was really like analytical, and I was also, for the first time, I kind of had, uh, you know, everything was very open-ended. So I ended up doing some traveling through Europe, and I was like, um, traveling on all these like small little planes and it was the middle of winter and I was kind of like depressed and very, I don't know, I was kind of in this kind of sad, indulgent state. And one of the constants that I was looking at were these like colored runway lights from the window of the plane. And they always kind of like, I don't know, they always kind of just symbolize either, you know, coming into a new place or leaving a place and I don't know, it sounds kind of cheesy, I know, but they kind of reflected my like state of mind at the time. And so I actually wrote the entire song on a plane. I remember just it just kind of wandered into my brain, and I just I, by the time the plane touched down, the entire song was written. And then when I got back to Toronto, I brought it again to Andrew Dawson, who I mentioned, and he helped come up with the sort of um, you know the chords and some of the arrangements for it. And we recorded that demo, and that was a demo that we sent to Rob. Sorry, this is kind of a long-winded explanation of it, but it's basically it's a song about it's about a breakup, but it's it's not about moping in the past. It's about being really optimistic about the future and sort of appreciating the past for what it was, but being really ready to move on. Okay, so rather than beating yourself up and being stuck in that moment, knowing that the future holds bright moments ahead of you. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, whether you've gone through a breakup or, you know, a loss or even the deterioration of a friendship for anybody, there's kind of those weird stages of grief. And then there's a there's a place where you get to where you're really liberated by everything. And you don't feel you don't feel a sense of remorse or regret for the past. You actually just appreciate the past for what it was. And you feel all the more ready to move move forward into the future. So that that's what the song's really about. Okay, I, I like it. I like it a lot. So now that we've gone and filled in the listeners of the DTP on exactly what Runway Lights means to Will Bose, I want to go ahead and talk about that album that you mentioned earlier. I mean, you kind of just dropped it in there, but that's a juicy tidbit, and I'm just not going to let that one go by. 
So of course, we're going to chomp right into that. But before we do that, I want to go ahead and play that song that got you back into the studio for the listeners of the DTP. That one that reignited your passion for writing music. Of course, I want to go ahead and play Mad at the World very soon here. But of course, before we go and give that track a spin, I just want to go ahead and mention that this episode, as well as these songs that are being played, are brought to you today by ilovedtp.com. And there are a lot of different fantastic free ways for you to support the Desert Tiger podcast. Those include subscribing, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes, and of course, sharing it on your social media or sharing it with your friends by word of mouth. But of course, it's those of you who put in that extra little bit of dedication, that extra little bit of love by literally wearing the show on your back, by showing it off every single place you go in front of your friends, in front of your family, and heck, in front of even your haters. You, you are a major part of what allows me to bring the Desert Tiger podcast to you for free every single week, and I thank you so very much for that. And to those of you who have been incredibly patient with me, on the tank tops and the hats, just letting you know that they are going to be coming to the web store incredibly soon. If you're following us on social media, you're going to be able to see the pictures of those as soon as I have them in my hands. So if you want to go ahead and follow us on social media as well, you know, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebooks, if you got any of those, maybe you want to go ahead and give us a follow, a like, whatever it is that floats your boat whatever your favorite flavor of poison you can go ahead and find desert tiger podcast on there so that you stay up to date with everything that is happening with the show and of course if there's anything else cool going on with desert tiger like some show promotions or something else maybe we'll throw together some video clip highlights or something so that you guys can go and see what's all going on in the world of tiger and of course in terms of our little community we are a much smaller world in a much bigger world a world with a lot of things that maybe happen that are outside of our controls things that make us feel incredibly strongly about them and that's something that will bose definitely shows in this song that i'm about to play for you right now this is mad at the world. There's something about time, man. It takes a little, it takes a lot. There's something about reason. It takes perfection and breaks it apart. But I'm holding out for something. Not bad endings, cliches, and false starts And there's a darkness that envelops And it shadows my heart And I get mad at the world I scale up these walls just to fall 
that there's actually going to be a full record behind this that you and Rob have actually been working on as well. So what can you tell me about that? Well, I actually just this week got the final mix and master, which is just basically the holy grail of the finale of a creative project like this. Uh, So I, I couldn't be more excited to share it with everybody the record is called Character, and it will be out at some point, I'm thinking in January. I think the idea is I also just finished acting in a Netflix original series called Spinning Out, starring January Jones from Mad Men, which is very exciting. And that's coming out in January, so I think the the idea is to kind of put the album out around the same time as the Netflix show. Oh, all right. Fantastic. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I I feel extremely extremely fortunate, and I feel like I also need to say that all of these you know great successes are on the heels of uh, years of being broke and starving and not knowing what I was doing with my life. So it, <laughs> you have to you always have to keep persevering. <laughs> well, exactly. You have to keep laying that foundation, and sometimes you just never know how big you've built it once it actually starts to show. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes foundations start underneath the earth, right? Yeah, well, that's well, it's, it's very true, and that kind of you know, you know, heating and fire symbolism is very accurate. Sometimes you kind of put a bunch of irons in the fire, and you like sit waiting for them to get hot for years, and then all of a sudden they just all start glowing. So, mm-hmm. 
I'm glowing, baby. You're glowing. And one of those things that you're glowing in is also the film world. Like you just mentioned, you just finished up with a Netflix series recently spinning out. And you also mentioned that you're directing a series. I believe you meant, said it was called Hey Lady. Lots of things going on yeah. in the film world as well. Yeah. Yeah, the series... The Netflix series is a really, really cool series. I kind of describe it kind of like Riverdale meets I, Tonya. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit of a, like a kind of a drama with love and relationships and love triangles and all that going on. But there's this, this other layer of um, this journey to Olympic stardom from like a ski team and a, uh, a skating team. And it's, it, it's just, it's got a, a lot of really wonderful elements to it. And there's also, it also touches on mental health with the two lead characters being bipolar and their sort of struggles and dealing with that in this incredibly competitive world. I can only imagine mm-hmm. the emotions that you could dive into because, I mean, when you look at it from the outside, it looks like a show about figure skating. But when you mention it like that, well, I think it's, you know, mental health runs rampant in, in many different industries, especially the creative industries. But I can't even imagine what it's like in the athletic world. You know, mm-hmm. the pressure, um, the pressure emotionally, the pressure physically, you know, the pressure to succeed for not only yourself, but also like a team. I, I, I actually can't even picture what that must be like. That's exactly the word I was trying to think of, because from your coaches, yeah. your family, not let alone just not even speaking to the fact that you're trying to represent your country, which is millions upon millions of people it's that there's a lot of emotions to be dived into in that series for sure yeah exactly exactly all right what can you tell me about hey lady hey lady is a really really fun series that i i cannot wait just to be a part of we're actually in prep right now so we go to camera in a couple weeks but we're kind of, it's kind of like sort of like Ab Fab meets the Golden Girls. It stars Jane Eastwood and Jackie Richardson. And Jane Eastwood plays this wiry old lady who just refuses to uh, be put into a nursing home and sort of um, settled down in life. She is a prankster. She's rambunctious. And she's kind of like irreverent and references the camera and gets to decide when the scene cuts to the next scene or you know, if she doesn't, if she doesn't like a circumstance she's in, she just looks at the camera and asks the camera to transition her into another scene. So, it's this weird and wonderful series that's written by uh, Morris Panitch, who's an incredible Canadian playwright. And I actually, I wish I could share with you like some of the release date details. I just don't know anything about that right now. Oh, obviously. I mean, yeah. If it's just getting ready for camera, there's still a lot of things that need to be decided and dealt with, and it's a very long process to go through, which I'm sure you fully understand being an award-winning director yourself. Oh, yes. I understand it so well. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think maybe, I don't know, I think maybe it'll be uh, this fall or maybe sometime early next year. All right, fantastic. I am extremely excited for all of those things. Even to hear you voice a character in Bakugan, which is yeah, very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I play a French bulldog and so I have this incredible job where on Mondays I go into a recording studio and I, I bark into a microphone for a couple of hours and then leave. And I get paid to do that. What a dream. Oh, my goodness. That is incredible. <laughs> it's just so many opportunities, and you never know where they're going to come from. 
you, you really don't. And I think that the key is just really, really staying to course. You know, like I said, I feel like anybody listening to this who's like, you know, trying to be an actor or trying to be in film or, you know, trying to be in any creative industry, be like, oh, listen to this guy, you know. Uh, he's got everything. It sounds like he's everything going for him. But as I said, you know, it's 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 really it's really up and down. I could also begin next year and not work for a couple of years. Um, you really never know when things are going to be be good. So when when they're good, you ha- you really have to appreciate it for all it's worth. So oh, that's exactly. the kind of state I'm in right now. Exactly. And all it takes is for somebody to go and look at your IMBD credits and see that sometimes things aren't as consistent as you would like it to be. Exactly. There's definitely a few year years gaps in in the acting work on IMDb that you could probably decipher. <laughs> you know, you go through years. I've gone through years and I've been like, oh, I guess I'm not an actor anymore. You know, you book a few things and like, oh, cool, I'm like an actor and people want me. And then two years goes by and you're like, oh, all right, well, I guess I got to move on to something else. So it's a weird yeah. thing in the Canadian film industry where it's like you're getting successful and it's like, whoa, now don't get too successful on us. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Will. Thank you so much. Really nice chatting with you guys. I, well, you. I enjoyed <laughs> chatting with you as well. Incredible conversation. You as well. I'd love to come back, you know, when the record's out and we can, we can talk more about it and, and catch I, up. I would love to have you back as well when that happens. Amazing. Thank you so much. Really Thanks. appreciate it. This looks like a job for lightning. This is my favorite bone. Chewing on this will cheer you right up. Go on, give it a chomp. And of course, you guys, the DTP fam, know that I appreciate you so very much for tuning in to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast with my guest, Will Bowes. If you haven't gone ahead and subscribed to Desert Tiger yet, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, hit that subscribe or follow button on whatever service you're listening to. We have a ton of other great interviews and conversations in our backlog for you to go and check out. Other ways for you to possibly help out Desert Tiger are rating and reviewing the show, or if you really enjoy this episode, you can go ahead and share it on your social media or tell your friends about it personally. And of course, if you want to represent the podcast everywhere that you go, you can go ahead and find the gear to do so over at ilovedtp.com. I want to go ahead and take a quick moment to also thank Melissa and the team over at Strut Entertainment. If you are a consistent listener of Desert Tiger, you know that Strut constantly gives us incredible guests for the podcast, and I am very, very thankful to Melissa and the rest of the team over at Strut for everything that they continue to do, not only for Desert Tiger, but for the Canadian music industry. All right, everybody, I hope that you have yourselves a fantastic week. Until we join each other again next week on the show, I am joined by my good friend Raul Mendoza, From the Nerdcore podcast, you may have heard me speak about them before. I've been a guest on their show twice now. Well, this time we collide in a different manner as Raul joins me to discuss his love of filmmaking and his latest short film, Beyond the River.